This is a podcast about two sisters raised in an effed up family. My name is Christine. I am Jesse's older sister. I was raised by a gaslighting, manipulative mother who raised me to believe people either rejected you or weren't rejecting you. My father was a crazy, racist, vulgar alcoholic who was in and out of my life. And my name is Jesse. I'm Christine's little sister. I was raised solely by the crazy, racist father who raised me to believe I had to earn or buy someone's love. Hello to all of our family burrito listeners out there whose narcissistic mother continues to taunt you on your social media sites by posting comments in all caps, such as, Christine, I am done with you, then replies to herself with, Christine, you've always been jealous of your brothers. I was told this. Then concludes with, hey, are you still an alcoholic? Welcome back to the Family Burrito. My name is Christine. My sister Jessie and I created this podcast as a way to deal with a fucking narcissist during Mercury and retrograde, Jessie. <laughs> Dang. She comes around during the retrograde, huh? She well, they say, your past, they say your past always comes back. Man. And they say one thing, don't ever, don't call your ex. You're going to want to call your ex. Or your ex <laughs> will try to call you. So. I'm glad all my exes hate me. <laughs> That's amazing. Why, why, why do they hate you, Jesse? Why? Because you called them out on their bullshit? Oh, man. Well, yeah. Well, yes. But well, I haven't dated like anybody in so long, but I feel like everybody that I have dated, uh-huh. <laughs> They probably they probably have like some horror story. They're like this bitch. <laughs> oh my god, we should ask them all to be a guest. Oh god, no. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of angry wives for sure. I had this one guy, Josh. He deleted me from Facebook once he got married. Really? Yeah, he straight up blocked me too. Why? Because we dated and he got married, and then I guess like his wife wanted I don't know I don't know why oh, he did it or to have mercy on my soul right why that's just insecurity well I mean I, Josh wasn't the type to be insecure like he was um an injured war vet, vet. Mm-hmm. like he got blown blown up mm-hmm. like he had brain damage like mm. you could tell hanging out with him he had brain damage you know what I mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um but he was just the sweetest guy ever. Yeah. So I don't think it was him. Probably the girl. Yeah, that usually is the case. You gotta delete him on. Yeah, and I wasn't even that special. I'm like, God damn, you're married to him. Fuck, you got well, the ring, bitch. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> she doesn't. Well, whatever happened, if, if it is her, she doesn't feel special. <laughs> she thinks she can control that shit. Listen, it's like, if you're gonna cheat, you're gonna cheat. Like, you know, or flirt or whatever, you know. He's not even the cheating type. Yeah. He would have to be raped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, so. It's funny because he's, he's very straightforward and he's, you know, he's like the thing, one thing that's a deal breaker is cheating. He's like, I don't, you know. So it's a, I have a running joke with him because I always say, you're such a flirt, you know, because I'm not jealous. I don't care, you know. Um, so we'll like, I'll be like, God, you were flirting with that Walmart greeter, you know? And, um, and I always just make a running joke. Can you try to keep your dick in your pants? You know, because he's so opposite from that, you know? Um, so it's, it's funny. I, I just, 
I don't, I, my thing is I'm, I'm whole and complete with or without anybody, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm loving my life. I'm very in love, but, and if, if something, if we wouldn't work out, yes, I'd be upset and sad, but I'm good. I've, I've lived a life alone, whole and complete, you know? So it's nice. Yeah. No, I understand what you mean. I totally get it, girl. So how's the rest of your week going other than your, your mom? Well, and retrograde ended, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was so weird. It, well, what's strange is I, um, what happened? So I don't really check my Facebook and I, very much, and I don't check Facebook Messenger very much. And probably because of my narcissistic mother, because she used to do some crazy shit to me on fa- Facebook, you know, several years ago. So, you know, do things like, you know, get mad at me for no reason. And I didn't know why. And I get all anxious and stuff. And then she delete me. And then, you know, request some of my friends as her friends. And, you know, like Anthony, he's like, you know, what's funny is a, I always get a Facebook suggestion for, for, from your mom. It's just like, Lord. But, okay. um, but, you know, then she would request my friends or she would go messaging them and like, hey, you know, checking in on you. How are you doing? You know, and I just I've gotten so many messages like, why is your mom messaging me? And I'm like, it's so embarrassing. But now I don't care. Like, <laughs> she can message them. It does. It has nothing to do with me. It's not a reflection of me. That's all her. She's crazy. Um, but uh, one of my friends that I used to work with a long, long time ago in one of the psych hospitals I used to work at when I was a psych tech had messaged me a little bit and you know, I've, I hadn't been replying because I don't get up there and check. Anyways, I finally replied to him because he had sent me this like TikTok video of Madonna, you know, saying, I remember how much you love Madonna. Well, he calls me immediately, 7.30 in the morning, and he calls me. And I was like, uh, it was, I didn't know you could call people through Facebook Messenger. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, I had no idea. And I was just like, okay, I didn't know he could see my number, whatever. Um, so he starts talking to me and, you know, telling me all this stuff and, you know, <laughs> it's funny. He, he, he's divorced and, um, he was saying he was in a relationship for like eight years and the girl told him he was a narcissist and he was like, I'm not a narcissist. I'm a people pleaser. And I'm like, okay, you know, and I had, you know, I hadn't talked to him in a long time, but I've been, you know, seeing him on Facebook randomly occasionally. And then as he starts talking to me, he starts telling me like, you know, how he wants to be with me and I should go on a date with him and all this stuff. And I was like, you know, setting boundaries and telling him that I'm happy. And, and I told him I don't date men of color. And he was like, I'm not black. I'm Latino, whatever. And I'm like, I don't date Latinos. Not in, you know, I've married to one for 23 years. Uh-uh. And um, anyway. So <laughs> yeah, was like, small dick alert. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> small dick alert. So, um, yeah. So I was just, you know, you know, setting boundaries. And he was trying to, you know, push through them a little bit. He's being, you know, and so I was like, no, I said, I'll be your friend. Like, that's it. Like, uh-uh. And then, you know, and then he would, you know, like, well, why don't you, why don't you meet me at the bar tonight? Well, well, first he's like, the Cowboys are playing tonight. And I'm like, okay, I don't watch football. I don't watch TV. So everything he would say, it was, I, okay, <laughs> you know, I don't care, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, he was trying, bless his heart. So, Anyways, um, then I tell him, you know, about my, my great guy that I'm with. And then he starts making up a story here. I'm just with this guy for money. I'm like, you don't even know him, you know, and trying to like put him down, putting Jolf down. And I'm like, you don't even know Jolf. Like it was, I said, you don't even, I like, you don't even know him. And then I stopped and I go, 
maybe you are a narcissist. <laughs> you know what? Maybe, maybe she's right. Maybe you are. And then he goes, Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm like, okay, he says narcissist. I think he's a narcissist. Yeah, narcissist alert. Narcissist fucking ego. Yeah, I was like, narcissist alert, narcissist alert. And then after he said he was just kidding, then he says, Hey, send me your best selfie. I said, send you my best. So it was just funny because I don't fall for that. Exactly. <laughs> and I said, my best self. I go, my best selfie's on Facebook. And he goes, yeah. I go, you can't just get on Facebook. And he goes, yeah, that's like three clicks. And I was like, and he goes, I have lots of followers. He calls them followers. And I'm like, I said, no. I said, then I go, wait a minute. You commented on my selfie. He goes, yeah, send me one of you coming out of the shower. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was like, um, I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> and um, anyway, so we got off the phone and I was like, I think I just, I think, I think I was just fucking doing narcissists. <laughs> so it was. Just, You're talking to somebody that you should have blocked right after. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh. But then he messaged me and said, hey, I'm sorry for my inappropriateness. I think I was still drunk the night before. And I'm like, okay. I feel like I've heard this before. From a narcissist. Yeah. Or, a, maybe, or a dad or maybe from him like 10 years ago maybe i'm pretty sure but um anyways i mean i just i don't know who still goes to bars and clubbing at like 46 you know like i just that's not my scene and i was trying to tell him i said because he kept telling me all these stories about meeting all these fine ass women but you know they're not they're not to my levels but he kept he was like comparing me to them like and I said, well, you know, you have me built up in your mind. You have me on a pedestal and I will never live up to that. That is you. I don't, that's not who I am. And so I'm not, that's not who. And so anyways, that was just kind of, I don't like, I don't like comparison, you know, because I feel like you're trying to make me feel good by putting others down. And that doesn't work for me. Like that will never work for me. Putting somebody down while trying to compliment me is gross. Yeah, that is really weird. He's such a creep. That's really creepy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyways, yeah. So that was, was like narcissistic um, Mercury and retrograde, girl. Oh man, I I'm glad I haven't had to deal with any of that. Yeah, I just have to deal with somebody destroying my bike. Oh God, no, you did. Oh my God. <laughs> How, what's any updates on your bike? Oh, insurance gave me money. Cool. Insurance, yeah. How, how much then, money did they give you? Uh, well, they gave me like, I think it was like 3000 plus, And then I get to keep my bike. Oh, okay. And then, so I'm just going to try to fix it. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. It might, it might just be like one of those lifelong projects, but I, it's a good bike. <laughs> so, oh Lord, have mercy. Your bike is gaslighting you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like literally gas. Um, my, my, uh, you know, it's funny. Um, there's a bike called gas gas. Is there really? Yeah. That's funny. That's a cute name actually. Yeah. It's a good bike too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What makes a good bike a good bike? Um, so basically you, want enough power and torque from your engine mm -hmm. to like transfer over and like to be usable mm -hmm. so like you can have a lot of power but it's just like there's your you can't use it mm -hmm. so um basically 
it's all about how they like gear the bikes and stuff mm-hmm. and like the, like that's why you always hear about like gear ratios and like um the gearing of transmissions and stuff because that's really important uh because that's that's where the power like is going to be transferred when you need it or don't need it mm-hmm. so um you know like because you drove manual so it's same thing like uh when you're in first gear it's like basically you're just using that to move and then after that like that's where all your power is at so depending on the car like that's a, a manual um you might have more of your power in third gear than fourth gear mm-hmm. or unless it's like a six speed you might like you know have more power in your fifth gear and then like six gears just you're kind of hanging out mm-hmm. you know so it's just, it's basically the it's kind of similar to cars it is similar to cars what am i saying <laughs> um so so i've just so i'm just to recap re-clarify re-clar- you said to you it makes a good bike is one that has a lot of power and torque yeah so yeah the torque placement like to wherever the torque um whenever you're able to like use it because some bikes will have like a lot of torque but you're not able to use it it doesn't go anywhere Mm. Like, like Harley's, yeah. Like they have a bunch, they have tons of torque, but it's hard to actually like, like you can't race them. You're not gonna. Mm-hmm. Like, they're mm-hmm. good bikes, it, like yeah. that. You know what I mean? But it, they're just a lot there um, mm-hmm. to deal with. Yeah, as far as like maintenance wise, but um, then you go into like KTM, like dirt bikes and stuff. And they like focus a lot on dirt bikes. And you'll see some of their bikes only have four, like four gears. Mm-hmm. And that's because it's only for dirt. Like you don't really need that much um, speed, but you have a lot of torque because it's like a two stroke engine mm. on some, most of those bikes or all. Well, yeah, the ones I'm talking about is a two stroke. So you just have like a lot of torque, but so you'll get there quicker, but you don't like have that. Like you're not going to go 120 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's what makes it a good like bike and also like mild, you know it's kind of it is like a car so when you think about it like horsepower and all those things play into it as well mm-hmm. um, and everybody that owns a bike looks at different things yeah so but mostly it's um if you don't care about maintenance that's mm-hmm. what makes a good bike and if you don't, if you do care about maintenance and you don't want to have to maintenance a lot, then low maintenance bikes are probably the, your best bet. Like that's like mm-hmm. a better bike for you. You know, it all just depends on what you want. <laughs> yeah. What kind of maintenance do you do? Uh, pretty much anything. Like I can rebuild an engine mm-hmm. all the way up to, um, I just rebuilt that Honda engine, the Honda Odyssey engine, like a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. You finished so, that? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, Michael helped me, but he mm-hmm. he like showed me a lot of it, and then, um, but I I I torqued some wrenches, <laughs> and then um, then he also showed me how to rebuild um a carburetor and like clean carburetors, and then obviously oil changes, and then um, changing the handlebars, uh changing out the clutches on bikes um i can pretty much do most things you know mm-hmm. the only thing that i can't really do is anything like electrical yeah that's all 
that's I'm not an electrician so yeah like yeah. catch myself on fire <laughs> yeah that's super impressive Jesse that's very I impressive I love Thank that you. I'm glad I'm glad I like I like it too it's fun and I think a lot of I think a lot of girls would actually be into working mm-hmm. on stuff like physical labor but we're just like told the society that we shouldn't do that it's not ladylike or whatever mm-hmm. let the man do it and then we yeah. feel frustrated and overwhelmed because they're not doing it but then like but women are so good at things like that because we have patience and like finesse and w- while it, we are not like the logical side of like men are logical we are more more emotional so we kind of like even dive deeper into things you know we're like why why like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like guys they not that they don't think why but they're just more on the logical side of it mm-hmm. you know what i mean like where we're actually like what were they fucking thinking yeah yeah, yeah. what does so, it all mean <laughs> yeah and um i'm not very good at math so it's kind of helped me learn math a lot too because mm-hmm. and I, I don't know what it is about math but I, I stopped it pl- uh, adding and subtracting and I was like nope can't do it <laughs> this shit sucks yeah 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 I know I always tell Jeff I can do basic math watch because <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like adding the, the numbers to the you know what the date is you know seeing what the number is of the day yeah and using it like towards like manifestation or working through or whatever it is well, today's Mean Girls Day. What's that mean? October 3rd. Didn't you ever watch the movie Mean Girls? Yeah, but it's been a long time. What was October 3rd represent? So, Lindsay Lohan, she uh, sitting in class and that guy she has a crush on mm-hmm. asks her what day it is and she turns around and says, it's October 3rd. Mm. So, they call it Mean Girls Day. Okay. Very cool. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So, so to- and then what's today's number? You know what? I didn't do my gratitude stuff this morning. I, I know, girl. I know. Um, let's see. So today is the one for, so, oh, it's a 10 day. No, I did do my, I was did it earlier. It's a 10 day. So it's a 10 day, which I love me a 10 day. Cause like, and um, I think it was January. I wrote on my big like poster board, like the perfect 10. And I wrote the top 10, like 10 things to I'm going to manifest. And so and I got one of those, which was Jolf. <laughs> so, Jolf. yeah. So, but That's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So, he's out of town right now. Um, I told him though, I'm like, you need to come on our podcast because he's the he's the one word guy. He's that says what the one word he says that has so much meaning in it. Like it says a lot. One word says a lot. It, it's just really funny. We'll see. But um, yes, I would love. I actually, I've never talked to this dude so. It should yeah. be the first time to be on the podcast. I know. I know. Yeah. Y'all should meet on the podcast. <laughs> and then um, maybe on our one year anniversary, because that's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. He can tell us about his family trauma. Oh, but guess what, Jesse? Before we started recording, I was checking the family burritos email and we made number 23 top podcast on good pods. Under the family and relationship category, number twenty-three, girl. 
I'm loving that number. Yes, girl. Because that would have been freaky. But I'm still like, I'm like in 23. Yeah, girl. I, I told you, did I tell you a long time ago? Um, I think it was in, it was in 2020, like November, October of 2020. And a friend of mine, he was like one of my spiritual buddies. Um, she was getting, she gets her tarot, card, tarot cards read by a friend of hers like once a month and she said um hey do you want me to ask anything and I said yeah ask if I should start dating and what's crazy is next day she said okay the card said not right now you're not ready and your number is 23 and I was like okay and guess when Jeff's birthday is what what date it is <laughs> the 23rd yep yes ma'am <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what's up girl yeah 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 so 23 is it's really cool and um yeah so yeah so we're number 23 so every time I see 23 I get really happy oh that's awesome mm-hmm. so what else do you got going on for the rest of the week and tonight well I am uh booking some um ske- I don't say booking that sounds cheesy lining up scheduling I don't know where it is scheduling coordinating there we go coordinating um some some podcast guests i'm really really excited i have one of the co-founders of menda.health is going to come on my show and discuss his journey of how he recovered from chronic pain he um you know from a young age had all this he was sick and then he had a kidney transplant had cancer degenerative back disease he couldn't walk and he was suffering. He was he was young. He was I think he was twenty four. No, he's twenty four, not twenty three. But like he couldn't do things with his friends. He could, he you know was suffering, and he basically got fed up with it. And so, you know, Menda Health is an online virtual non opioid um, online place where you can where you heal you recover your from your chronic pain. Because what the theory is, it's the polyvagal theory, which says that chronic pain um, is emotional pain stuck in certain parts of your nervous system. But what's really interesting is his journey of, of recovering and going through that and healing that stuff is very similar to mine when I had my long COVID symptoms. And so we're going to sort of tell our story together and kind of compare that because Jesse, they are predicting that long COVID is going to cost over a trillion dollars because one out of five people who've gotten COVID have long COVID symptoms, have symptoms still. And it's the same with pain, chronic pain. And so, but, and the thing with long COVID is that doctors, the medical community still doesn't have answers. There's no protocol. There's no guidelines. And so people are going to neurologists, people are going to all these places and they can't get any answers. And so, you know, they can't go to work. All these things are happening. And the thing that's right underneath our nose, Jesse. What's that? That we, the answers are with inside of ourselves. And so basically the polyvagal theory talks about how like, your brain creates neuropathways that tell your body that you're hurting. And yes, your pain is real, but there are parts that to heal and recover like your emotions that are stuck at certain parts of your nervous system. And like on Menda.health, they have, I think it's a, a three month program and you have like a pain coach. You have all these different kind of support, you know, 
and the tech, they'll text you and you'll have, you know, sessions and stuff to check in with you. And they have, I think they're, and it's backed by evidence, by the way, like they have research and all that, you know, it's evidence, evidence-based, but um, I think it's like 70, 76% of their clients have recovered from chronic pain. Dang. Yeah. And so, and the thing with opioids, um, so yes, when you have acute pain, like when you broke your leg, you needed that. But when you have chronic pain, actually opioids are inflammatory. They make your pain worse. That makes sense. And so then what happens is people take more and more and then they overdose. So yeah, because like there's people that like heal themselves with food and like all types of things. And also like the placebo effect is a real thing. So if you believe it, then yep. And it, it might freaking work you know yeah 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 because the thing is is like um you know people get tired like there's no answer right like I can imagine like I'm not someone who suffers from chronic pain but I had long COVID and that sucked it scared me because my brain was different I had short-term memory problems I had brain fog had very autoimmune type symptoms my face would like swell up one day and then it was gone and it would, the symptoms would wax and wane. And, um, you know, it was, it was scary because you're like, what's happening? Like one day I thought I had a stroke. I was like, I need to go get a head CT, you know? Yeah. Um, but then a couple hours it went away. And so that was, that was even confusing. I was like, it was gaslighting me, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Your face was gaslighting me. <laughs> My long COVID symptoms were gaslighting me. Um, but you know, it was very scary, you know? And, um, But when I started recovering from that long COVID, I mean, I mean, that's where my journey actually began, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's crazy to think about. Yeah. So I'm super excited to have, um, his name is Arun and I'm going to have him on uh, my podcast. And then I'm going to have another guy who's a therapist in Oklahoma talk about the value and importance of spirituality um, in our practice and, and discussing this with clients and, and the meaning and the value of all that. So he was someone, when I was at that addiction conference, um, in Denver, Colorado, when I saw you recently, he, um, I mean, I cried <laughs> because he, he started telling his own personal story of, of, of his life and, you know, one having think about suicide as a young, you know, as a, like, I think he was in his like early twenties, but, um, you know, so it's just, you know, we, we've all been through stuff, right. And we make assumptions. Like if I had not known his story and just saw him walking, I'd be like, Oh, just my brain were like, Oh, he has a pretty good life, you know? Right. Um, but, but also too, is like, like, you know, my latest episode where I'm talking about the polyvagal, you know, Dr. Les Aria was on there and, you know, the brain, your brain is only asking one question. Your brain doesn't care if you're happy. Your brain is only asking one question all day long, which is, am I safe? But what happens is your brain still thinks it's in childhood because you have this part of your brain called the amygdala where it stores the childhood memories. And so if you, let's say you go in the grocery store and you walk by someone who looks like dad, your brain's going to immediately tell you you're not safe. But you're not, you're going to be, this is going to be an unconscious thing, by the way, your brain's going to tell you you're not safe. And then your nervous system's going to get dysregulated and you're either going to feel anxious and don't know why, 
or be irritable or maybe two days later you're going to have a panic attack at Walmart and you're like what I was having a great day what happened we don't realize the things that our subconscious is picking up all day long from people's tones and laughs and so basically retraining your brain to know to tell your brain that you're safe because your brain again is like it it thinks it's in childhood it's trying to protect you but it doesn't you don't need protection you're good you're fine there's no lion in the room anymore you know and so that's why certain people trigger us you know because your brain does this in like 0.9 seconds it decides if something is safe or not something someone wherever you're at and so um it's pretty interesting because when you when you can notice that shift of of your brain like you know if you're shifting your mood like oh i'm feeling anxious why am i feeling anxious you have like this 90 second corrective thing and we talked about that in our last episode but or the one before i can't remember but um but which is cool because then you create new neural pathways you know and it's the same thing like with chronic pain and long covid you know our brain my brain had created a, a pathway that said you have long covid symptoms you're sick and um i'm very happy that i um you know recovered from that so by creating new new pathways you know so anyways um i need to create a new pathway that says you have energy because i'm like so tired today (laughs) it's okay it's monday yeah it's monday so how did mercury and retrograde treat you i guess it treated you pretty shitty with that motorcycle um yeah other than that it was okay yeah i mean that we have three of them every year and i feel like as a gemini like we prepare yeah a little bit different when mercury's retrograde we're like okay all right get the clear quartz yeah every fucking pocket you have (laughs) yeah yeah well yeah and it's funny because i was i don't write something last week where it was like gemini it was three signs but gemini was one of the signs that's going to be most affected so i don't know yeah we're always fucked dude it's like our gemini's karma is are just not that great. Yeah. <laughs> like our past life, we did something to be become a Gemini. Yeah. <laughs> but at least I'm not a Pisces. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys are emotional creatures. They're worse than cancers. Uh, yeah. I like, I like Pisces women. Um, I don't mind a Pisces woman. I know a couple of really good Pisces women. But um, as far as Mel, the only one I can think of is my friend's narcissistic husband. She got divorced from. So, ooh, yeah. I I only know one, and everybody thinks he's a fuck boy. So, <laughs> what is a fuck boy exactly? Um, I guess a guy that's just is down to fuck, but like that's it. Mm. Is know? he cute at least? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> he's got that going for him. Yeah, I guess, but you know, when does it end, Diane? The cuteness or uh, the fuckness, the fuckboyness. Oh, the fuckboy. I don't know. I I think it all is the same for everybody when they find the right person, which is themselves. Correct. And sometimes a person, but sometimes another human can like lead you mm-hmm. to you down a path to where you're like, oh, okay, this is ah. Uh, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then like and then you can hopefully grow together it's yeah grow apart that's that's when the shit gets or sometimes they can drag you to hell you know 
yeah, you know, some people are worth being going to hell for, you know. Oh, know. Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to like think. If Leonardo DiCaprio liked old women like me, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd go to hell for that motherfucker. I don't know. He doesn't. I'd be like, <laughs> I still have a crush on him. Really? All these years. All these years. He's ugly as fuck now. Is he? These... Like, yeah. Well, to me, he is because he doesn't look like the little boy I had a crush on. <laughs> The little 17 year old. Yeah, I had it. Well, it's funny because my crush was sort of similar looks. It was Christian Slater. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, but he aged well. Something Did happened he? to Leo, man. He didn't take that adrenochrome. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Not that. I... No. No, I don't want to think of kids. <laughs> the adrenochrome. No, no, no. Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. <laughs> Bro, but Madonna, she <laughs> she does other shit like that only rich people can do. Yeah, yeah. Like we're not ugly, we're just poor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck them and fuck the narcissists during the Mercury and retrograde. That's how you deal with them, right? Okay. Yes. Jesus. Well, girl, that's all I know. I love you. I love you too. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye.